0: Hey, friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 395. Our guest was last on in April 2022, so it brought him on again. He is an Irish equestrian sensation who has consistently ranked among the world's top riders in all of show jumping. He grew up around horses and showing talent from an early age and competing in his first Grand Prix when he was 14 years old. His journey to success led him to the Dublin Horse Show, and he got the opportunity with trainers like Missy Clark and John Brennan at North Run, and from there has just really grown into one of the best riders in the world. He and one of his top horses, Amsterdam 27, won the February 10th $385,000 Fidelity Investment Grand Prix, which was one of the first five stars at Wellington International this year. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Derek Kenney.
1: Welcome back.
2: Hi, how are you?
1: Doing well, how are you?
2: I'm good, I'm good.
1: Good. Um, last time we spoke was back in 2022, so I feel like we have some stuff to catch up on. But for those who are listening who didn't hear your original episode, give me a little rundown about how you first got started in Course World.
2: Uh, Yeah, I started because my both my parents rode and they... Uh, were horse breeders and producers and uh, so they got me into horses and they uh, taught me when I was a kid and uh, and taught me the whole way up until I moved to America when I was 20. Um, So I learned a lot from them and uh, that's how I got into the sport.
1: Obviously as someone that has really consistently ranked in the world's top 10 riders, what do you believe It's that's a part to be with only riders from the rest of the field, both in terms of skill and just like overall mindset.
2: Yeah, like I I, I think a lot of it is, you know, determination. Um, if you really want to be the best and every day you're willing to learn more and try harder and push your limits even more. I, I think that really makes a massive difference. If you if you see the best riders in the world, you know, when they win on Saturday night, they're working harder on Sunday than they, than they did two days before, you know. It, to stay at the top level is the hardest thing to do. And I think, you know, working hard, being determined and, uh, and a, a, always wanting to improve, I think those are very much the key factors, you know.
1: And I feel like as time has gone on, the level of force, the quality of rider, it's all become, I feel like, so tight between um, rankings and, and between the top riders. And I feel like a, a big part of that is really you know, ironing out the intricacies of the sport. And so one of that might be through um, making a plan through your course. So tell me a little bit about your approach to course walking and analyzing the intricacies of each track to really develop your learning strategy.
2: Yeah, you know, like obviously, I've spent, uh, I've spent basically thirty years walking courses, yeah. so um, you learn as you go, and and you learn you know, different tricks and traits as you go. And uh, always when, when I walk a course, the most important thing to me is remembering the horse that I'm riding and what suits him and what doesn't suit him, what his weaknesses are, you know, if he's weaker off the left lead or the right lead to give him more time or knowing that I can take more risk off a different lead because he jumps better off that lead. Uh, so that that's always one of the main factors that I put into walking a course and then I just really try and think about okay how can I do this in the smoothest way that uh, that I don't affect the horse too much and I give him the best chance to to jump the jumps clear so I just use those two things and and then walk the course and you know if I if I feel like my horse is a really big stride then I do you know the leave out strides if I need to for time allowed and I feel, if I feel he's a short stride or he needs not to be rushed, then I try and do tighter turns so I'm not rushing him. And you you kind of just think about each little detail of your horse as you're walking the course and what suits him, you know?
1: You've had the privilege of working with some amazing trainers and mentors throughout your career, like Missy and John, for instance. So what's specific? techniques or insights did you gain from them and um what have had kind of like a lasting impact on your approach to riding
2: yeah like like i've been incredibly lucky like my parents were obviously super trainers missy and john were amazing i've had help from eddie macken jeroen dubledam joss Lansig, some of the best people in the world and uh You know, it's been extremely educational for me and and I've been extremely lucky to be in those situations. But I think every one of them, there was, you know, a very common denominator in the fact that you had to really care for your horses. You had to really think about what was best for your horses and you had to try and get the best out of them by working together with them, not working against them. And and I think that was a real common denominator with all of those people, and and that's probably why they were all so successful in the sport, is because you know they they think about the horses first and they think about themselves second, you know.
1: Good reminder. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your current season at West so far. We're a little over halfway through. You have had some very notable performances. So what is kind of stood
2: out to you so far about this season yeah like obviously i i was very lucky i won the five-star grand prix two weeks ago um with amsterdam which was uh, a really incredible win as you know i've never won a five-star grand prix down here which uh which so that was nice to get to get one of those and but for me the most important part was having that horse Amsterdam back at the highest level and feeling as good as he did you know like he he jumped incredible he gave me so much that night and and uh and he felt amazing the next day which was so important to me and uh so it was a nice to win a grand prix like that on a horse that really deserved to win a big grand prix in his life you know
1: what do you like to do? Like, for instance, after the five star win,
2: what is the next day like for you and your horses and? Your yeah, like uh, you know, the next day I would I would always ride them. Uh, I wouldn't give them the day off because I don't think that when they work that hard the night before, you can just you know put them in the paddock for half an hour and think they're going to be okay. Like they've you know they've worked really hard. Their muscles are tight. Their muscles are a bit sore you know, I try to get them out, loosen them up, walk them for a good while, trot them around, canter them around. Like I give them, you know, really light work, but they still get, you know, 20, 30 minutes work uh, so that the lactic acid moves out of their muscles and, and they get a bit of freeing up. And, and then probably the next day after that, they get a day off. But the 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 day after a big class or a big Grand Prix, I really think it's important to move the horses around and and work them a little bit, make sure they feel good, make sure they feel sound, make sure there's no injuries going on, and uh, and 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 move the lactic acid around in their muscles so that they're you know they're not sore all day. You know, tell
1: me a little bit about your thoughts about the atmosphere at West. Um, What do you like about it? Why is this such an important
2: venue for you each year? Yeah, you know, I've been coming here for, I think, around 15 or 16 years now. You know, it's uh, it's it's been a long time, Uh, but it's I, I think it's one of the best facilities in the world as regards competition, prize money, show jumping. You know, like the crowd you get on a Saturday night is fantastic. They they really understand the sport now because they've all been coming for a long time and uh, it's it's a really fun grand prix on on those saturday nights and and the competition here in wellington is as strong as it is anywhere in the world so i i really feel if you can be competitive you know if you can be in the top 10 of you know some of the classes down here or some of the grand prixs you you know that you're in the right direction for the whole summer you know so I think that's an important part to it.
1: And I also, I mean, I feel like a big part of this part which we've touched on is the partnerships and having successful partnership with horses, um, all of your, your string. So how do you go about developing that trust and rapport with your mounts, especially when working with new horses or young horses and then, you know, coming into season and, and wanting to show, how do you kind of, you know, work towards developing
2: yeah, like I, I think, you know, a lot of the, the really good horses that I have, I've had for quite a while. Um, so that's that's obviously helps a lot because you really know them and you really know what they like and what they don't like. But I think that's always where I start is, you know, like getting to know a horse, seeing what it does like, what it doesn't like, you know, what way it wants to be ridden, what what way it wants to be schooled. All of those things, I think, matter a lot to keeping a horse in a really good mindset and a really positive mindset that should, in the end, produce really good results.
1: And I think um, the other other part to it, too, is with highly competitive world of show jumping, there are always challenges and setbacks, so whether that's you know, like horse injuries or, you know, other challenges that you face along the way, what would you say if you could share a particularly difficult moment that you faced in your career and how did you overcome it and, and kind of move on and move through it?
2: Yeah. Like, uh, obviously, um, I, I lost a very big owner of mine a couple of years back and she had some incredible horses and uh you know i really loved those horses and and they meant a lot to me and you know losing losing those horses and losing that owner was you know very disappointing for me at the time and and a very hard thing to move past um but i think at the end of the day you have to believe that you know you you got to get up and you got to fight again and you got to fight stronger and harder and and you got to keep going you know and it's uh it's about mentality at those points you know like the the people that really want to make it to the top and really want to stay at the top they have the mentality to keep going and keep fighting and uh, and i think that's very important in those you know crappy situations you know
0: whether you've experienced wellington in person or have seen it on instagram or the live stream Anyone can admit that Wellington International is the world's leading hub for the equestrian excellence. It's nestled in the heart of Wellington, Florida, and they are proud hosts of the renowned Winter Equestrian Festival. Between WEF and their ESP annual series, they have over 40 weeks of horse showing. They truly are revolutionizing equestrian sport. So you can witness the excitement in person or online from January through March, either through live stream or competing or spectating yourself. They also have every weekend Saturday Night Lights, which is a spectacle like no other. The Saturday Night Lights really offers you to experience the top of the sport and get up close and personal with top riders. So for more information, visit their website at wellingtoninternational.com. That's wellingtoninternational.com and you can learn more about events, hospitality, the venue, how to watch online, and more information on the showgrounds. All right, let's get back to the episode.
1: I think the biggest part of our sport that is always going to be there is the, the plan's always going to change and things are always going to yeah. So the more that you can kind of put your head down and trust your program and have that consistency, like you were saying, um, those things will, those good things will come back around again and opportunities will present themselves. But yeah, it's just like the inevitable is that there will always be a change in the play. And so kind of how you how you roll with it and keep going. Uh, it, yeah, I,
2: I, think it, I think if you just, you know, if you try to do the the things right and you try to do right by the horses and right by the people and, you know, sometimes people, you know, don't understand or they have a different opinion or something like that. But if you're always trying to do the right things, it shows in the end because you end up getting, you know, consistency and, and the level stays, you know, at a high level and, and that's... That's what shows, you know, when people are doing things correctly and, and managing the horses correctly and, and producing them correctly is they they end up staying at the high level.
1: I feel like you have been such an advocate for the sport of show jumping. What initiatives or changes would you like to see implemented to really promote I guess, like the overall growth and accessibility to? Not even an audience,
2: but even just like a wider audience. Yeah, like I, I think one of the the there's a couple of different things. I think you know our sport is very difficult to to get in the door, um, uh, because people think it's a very elite sport. But I, I really don't think so. I, I believe that if you're willing to work hard enough and uh, and and start from the bottom, then then everybody gets a shot. You know, like uh, I didn't come from any any sort of wealth or anything like that at all. My I was very lucky. My parents bred horses in Ireland, but you know that that's where we started, and and I ended up making it to the top of the sport. And it was true hard work and dedication, and and not believing I should be somewhere before I was there. You know, and and I think that's the most important thing is people understanding that it isn't a. Uh, completely elite sport there is a way in and i wish we could show people that better and and i don't think our sport does a good job of showing people that if you get in and you work hard and you keep your head down and you work at it you will get there in the end you know and i think that's something that i wish we did better in the sport is is show that knowledge and then i think uh I think our sport has to be, you know, better at at publishing ourselves and realizing that this is really, you know, two athletes uh, doing something that's one of the hardest things in the world to do, and you know, women and men competing against each other in a sport that's so difficult, and uh, and promoting ourselves better as a sport. Then we do. I don't think we really promote ourselves sport uh, as a sport very well. And those are things that I think are very important moving forward to really to really make this, you know onto the big scene, you know?
1: I love both of those topics. Let's go back to the first one. I think such a big part of that is that you know, unlike other sports like you look at soccer and football and basketball, there are, these stepping stones right that you know you you start and you do all of the youth teams and then you do like a, a club team and then through college and it's just like these stepping stones that almost all of those athletes go through and then i feel like it comes when it comes to our sport there isn't like a there isn't one way to go about doing it which is good but then it also gives a little bit of confusion as far as, you know, what to do to get to the top. So let's say someone listening doesn't have um, maybe the economic status and to be at the, um, you know, that that movie they feel like they would need to get to the top like you were referring to, doesn't have a horse connection. What advisor or what stepping stones would you give that person um, who is starting from the beginning and wanting to, you know, make a real
2: Uh, splash into the sport and do it in a real way. Yeah, like I I think the most important is is knowing where you start, uh, you know, and what level you're at when you start. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've never ridden before then and you want to you want to ride and you can't afford to do it then go to a, a local barn and and offer to help you know clean stables and and clean tack and help you know bring in and out of the horses the horses out of the paddock and and learn to work with the horses in exchange for having some riding lessons you know and 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 getting to ride and getting to do that and uh, and then it, it's very much the same thing when you move into the next level of the sport if if you want to go into you know double A circuit or something like that, go and and work for a barn and and don't expect to horse show and don't expect to, you know, get all these opportunities. Take whatever you get, work as hard as you can. And for sure, whoever you're working for will realize that you're a hard worker and you try really hard and they'll give you an opportunity. And then when you take, when you get the opportunities, then take them and make the most of them, you know. For the
1: second part, I think that's a huge part And a huge avenue to grow our sport is to, uh, for for these, you know, athletes such as yourself to really be promoting yourself as the, you know, top athlete that you are. And, And you would even, you know, obviously argue two athletes that you are working together. I mean, it's pretty, it's so incredible when you think about it that way that, you know, the two athletes that don't even speak the same language. Um, are, are, you know, like overcoming these huge obstacles. And um, I feel like we are also one of the only sports that um, our athletes don't have huge sponsors and endorsements. And that's what, you know, what a lot of what keeps top athletes in mainstream sports going and, you know, a big part of their livelihood. So give me a little bit of insight as far as what you feel like the you know athletes could be doing to promote
2: themselves better yeah I think you know like we can start by being you know I think I think we're one of like three or maybe four sports in the world that women and, and men compete on an equal level which which I think is is brilliant you know like I think it's totally correct and fair and I think uh, you know everybody gets a, a straight up chance and and uh, I, I think that's you know, something we should promote more that it's, you know, it's such a diverse sport and and everybody has equal chance to, to do as well as they can, you know. And then I think, we don't do a good job of showing the behind the scenes of working with the horses and, uh, you know, and, and having that relationship with the horses and, and showing that bond that the riders and horses have and, and that they have to grow together in, in order to, to end up at a high level.
1: Yeah. I think that that's so true. And it's, you know, it's, some it's something that so, they're not just like a, a vehicle To get you to your end or your goal or whatever. I mean, it really has to come from both sides, both athletes, to really find that success. So I think, you know, telling that story to the rest of the world, both horse people and non horse people, about how there is that connection and that bond in order to find that success. I think that, yeah, I think that that's a, a really important angle to continue to highlight. On a similar note, I know I've asked you this before, but what would you say is an area of the horse world that you are especially passionate about, but you feel like the rest of the horse community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about?
2: Um, I, I think, you know, like for me, there there's a few different things that, you know, I, I believe are very important. I think, uh, you know, the the health and care of the horses and, and, them living a normal life you know it, as as part of this sport is very important you know like i i think you know a lot of people misunderstand you know how horses should be treated and and they don't understand that horses really like to go in the paddock and they like to spend as much time as they can in the paddock and they like to be horses they like to be normal and i think people are so afraid of injuries and you know, horses, you know, having accidents or something like that, that, you know, they don't let them be horses. At the end of the day, accidents are going to happen and horses are going to get hurt. That's just our sport. And that's just the way it is. You know, like it's we take the best care of the animals that we have. Like it is that it would not. Most of us work seven days a week. Oh, we sleep for about six hours a night. And the rest of the time, all we're doing are, are taking care of these horses, you know, and we love them to death. And so, you know, I, I think horses being horses is very important to me. You know, them getting to go in the paddock, you know, be normal, try and have, you know, the best happy life that they can have. I think that's that's something that's very important to me. Also, you know, like uh, our our staff being treated properly and and understanding, you know, that, you know, this is a sport. We all work hard and and you have to get rewarded for it and uh, and they have to get taken care of properly. They love the horses, you know, as much as anybody and, and they deserve a reward for that. And I don't think our sport is great. It's getting better. It's improved a lot in the last five years. But I don't think our sport is great at rewarding the staff for the care that they take of the horses.
1: That's a really good point. How would you like to see them be rewarded better?
2: Yeah, I think like, you know, if you if you actually look at, you know, the racing world, uh, you know, whenever there's a winner's pot, they take a percentage out and they give it to the jockey and they give a percentage to the owner and then they give a percentage to the, to the groom. And, you know, I think, you know, some idea like this where they get a bonus or, you know, if they if their horse wins a class, they get, you know, uh, a bonus, uh, you know, whatever it is, if it's sponsored by somebody else or it's 1% or 2% of the prize money that the horse wins, that that goes to the grooms and they get rewarded for these kind of things, you know?
1: Right. A lot of good stuff. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time and coming back on in the middle of your busy schedule. I know you have another big class this week. So um, thank you for taking the time. I'm super excited to continue to watch the rest of your web season, the rest of your year. And I wish you all the best.
2: Super. Thank you very much.